Hi, everybody. Brian Davis here on Longhorns Unfiltered. It is Texas 42, West Virginia 31. I'm here with Danny Davis and Kirk Bowles. After the Longhorns get a big, big 12 road win, Longhorns move to 4-1, and 2-0. and And guys, I, I, I'm really curious to see, hear how you felt about it. I thought Texas sort of scuffled around, made it a lot harder on themselves than it probably had to be. But, Danny Davis, when it was fourth quarter, when it was winning time, Texas made a series of winning plays and basically knocked these guys out. Yeah, I mean, you had everything from, you know, that second half. I know Deshaun Jameson's interception was a little bit earlier, but one of the, probably one of the better interceptions we'll see this this season. But B.J. Foster had a pick in the fourth quarter. Deshaun Jameson had another pick in the fourth quarter. They turned both of those into touchdowns, one of which was uh, Sam Cosme, of, of, of all people getting involved. And, yeah, they just um, they put the, the foot on the throat. In the fourth quarter, West Virginia kind of stuck around and got a couple late scores. But you know, Texas did what it needed to do to close out the game, and now it's on to Dallas. Kirk Bowles, uh, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, not the best game statistically for Sam tonight, uh, but he but he does does uh, you know make he makes the winning plays in the end, especially with the big 23 uh, yard touchdown run right up the gut. I mean, I kind of thought. Even though he, he started pretty good, the middle was eh, so-so. But at the end, he looked like Sam. Yeah, we're talking about a pedestrian game from Sam. And, yeah, he had four touchdowns. <laughs> That's right. He threw for two, ran for two. But he did have his second interception of the year, a poorly thrown, underthrown ball. Was that, a, was that a good decision? No, I don't think it was. And he doesn't have the strongest arm of any quarterback in college football. So, But they seem to be trying to force the deep pass today, and it didn't really work. They tried to get Brennan Eagles on a few shots to stretch the field a little bit, and they had problems doing that. But one thing I did like, you all mentioned the Duvernay scoring a touchdown from lining up in the backfield, Sam Cosby, an offensive tackle eligible, scoring on a lateral. I like that versatility. And I think you know that keeps the team loose and having fun and interested. And it's hard to win on the road, Brian. Winning is hard, Kirk. It is hard. I don't and, know if you knew uh, that. And they sputtered in the third quarter. That was just punt, punt, punt. You know, neither team could you know get a whole lot of traction there. But and the other big thing, I think Texas four interceptions and they held West Virginia 96 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. That's the third time this year they've held a team under 100 yards on the ground. Yeah, Danny, let's talk, let's talk a little bit more about that. Obviously, the, the uh, you know, Todd Orlando firmly believes if you can stop the run, you can do a lot of good things. I looked down here. I, didn't, I wish I'd have seen this when I was writing my story. Uh, West Virginia, 4 of 14 on third down. So Texas stopped the run, and they got off the field uh, in, on third down situations. I think Devin Duvernay may have matched that third down number by himself. <laughs> yeah, you know, Texas, um, we talked, they've talked about it all week. Malcolm Roach was really elaborate when we talked to him on Tuesday just about you know, how much this defensive line especially takes pride in stopping the run. And you know, it kind of seemed like West Virginia early wanted to beat Texas with the pass, and they had some mm-hmm. success on that first drive. But, you know, when it came down to, you know, stopping the run, Texas, those big boys up front did their job. And then uh, you saw what happened because West Virginia started throwing a lot of interceptions uh, when uh, you know they w- weren't able to run it and had to pass it. So you know, good job. You know, those stats aren't going to look great, the passing numbers and overall <coughs> offensive stats. But you know, I'm sure Todd Orlando and those defensive linemen are going to be happy with their production in the trenches. Absolutely, Kirkland, uh, Austin Kendall. West Virginia's quarterback came into this game ranked 10th in the Big 12 among starters in quarterback efficiency. There's only 10 teams, so he was last in quarterback efficiency. 
the reality is his final numbers are skewed by the last two drives when essentially the game was over more or less. Right. But they, they got some time to pad their stats. So my question to you is this, when the game mattered, Again, we had Texas had four interceptions. We saw a lot of good plays out there. Uh, Adelia Dayaway, B.J. Foster, and two picks uh, by Deshaun Jameson. Is that the confidence booster these guys needed, given that Jalen Green and Caden Stearns were out? Well, I think the fact that it was on the road helps them. And like you say, their secondary is beyond battered and beat up. They're, they're kind of crippled when you're losing your best cornerback. You know, and your second best safety in Caden Stern. So I was looking at the tackles. You know, the leading tackler is Joseph Asai, who's playing like an all Big 12 linebacker. And the next two are Anthony Cook and Montrell Estelle, two guys that are trying to play in that patched up secondary. And Juwan Mitchell had four tackles. So they played a lot of people today. So as far as a confidence boost, I, I take, I measure that a little bit by winning on the road where it is tougher because. You know, you know, West Virginia tries to treat Texas like a big rival. Even is it a rivalry? It is for West Virginia. No. It's not for Texas. Yeah, that's right. It is for West Virginia. Exactly. Danny? Yeah, and don't forget, I mean, this is a Texas team. I know there's been a bias that a little time has um, you know, come and gone, but <clears throat> this is a Texas team that, you know, had Montreal still have a huge pick against Oklahoma State two weeks ago. Had a kid like Chris Adamora come in late and have a big play. So these last two games, these young kids who have had to grow up really quickly have had a chance to you know showcase their stuff and so yeah if these guys aren't coming back for a while that's going to be a you know problem for texas but they do have some young guys stepping up and at least learning the ropes and you know we'll learn we'll see how much they've learned uh, next time they're on the field yeah absolutely i mean to me i i said this on on a pregame radio hit on the horn I don't think that four games in we have enough space to say that these uh very young defensive backs are either good, bad, uh, awful, or indifferent, or anything. I just don't think there's enough to judge them on. And I think when you see games like today, especially, Kirk, out of a guy like Jameson who made, like Danny called it, an acrobatic interception, one we may not see athletic ability like that the rest of the season – that has to give them a major confidence boost. I gotta believe. Yeah, I think so too. It's it's a young secondary and it's an athletic secondary, and you know, athleticism makes up for a lot of deficiencies. I think, you know, I think they're going to give up yards and points next week to Oklahoma. I don't think there's any question about that. I look for you know another shootout, not unlike. Uh, last October in the Cotton Bowl. So, I mean, you look at it, this defense has given up over 500 yards twice. They gave up 498 to Oklahoma State. They give up a lot of yards. But I like the fact they're making plays. And I I, I agree with Danny. I think they're going to take a lot of confidence from this. And, you know, to have six interceptions the last two games and, and nine on the year. That's pretty good considering you know, that if they're the last place pass defense in the league. I think if you're getting takeaways, and as you noted – they're strong on third down, you know, only giving up four of 14 conversions. I think that's pretty strong. And, Danny, let's switch gears a little bit. I definitely want us to talk about Roshan Johnson. Um, Keontae Ingram is the Texas starting running back, obviously, but he only had 11 carries tonight, uh, finished with 18 yards. He left the game for much of the first half, uh, was looked at, and then came back for the second half. But in what is probably Rose's biggest moment yet, 
at this new position. I mean, the guy was the guy was pretty good. He was averaging six point three yards per carry uh, midway through the second half. He finished the game averaging five point eight, one hundred twenty one yards on twenty one carries. We also got our first chance to talk to him afterwards, first interview of the season. Just what did you think of his game? What, what do you think he brings to the running game, and, and how did you think of his demeanor? I mean, he was very poised, very calm. Handled the uh, post game interview like he was uh, like he was a pro. Um, mm-hmm. Our friend Joe Cook just tweeted out that you know he had forty two rushing yards in the fourth quarter. That's uh, that's the money making time. That's when you're trying to salt away the game. He played like a running back tonight. Um, you know, we talked to him after the game, and he admitted that he wasn't expecting to be in this role. He did not you know didn't envision this at the beginning of the season. Thought he'd be a redshirting uh, freshman, just kind of trying to learn the ropes. Um, from Sam Ellinger, but I think you asked him um, about, you know, kids just want to play. Um, and he said, you know, you know, when it's time to play, it's time to step up. So he stepped up this um, year. He, he stepped up so far this season. He doesn't know what his future holds for him. He's trying to keep it day by day. He may be a quarterback next year. He may, you know, stick at running back. That subject, they've kind of talked about it a little bit with Tom Herman. But, you know, he's living in the moment, and he stepped up big for a team that, you know, needed him because Keontae was down there and mm-hmm. he had some question marks behind him with Kirk Johnson who had a couple nice runs and Danny Young but this was a Roshan show today and he's going to have that to put on his uh you know his memory book yeah absolutely and and you know Kirk I think it really speaks to this locker room and their uh belief in the head coach and the coaching uh, the assistant coaches that they have. Look, Deshaun Jameson was a receiver. They asked him to switch to DB. It's working out. Roshan Johnson, they went to him. They said, look, we need you to move to running back. He did it. It's working out. And the only reason that this is top of mind is because we're here at a place. The last time we were here, Texas had a player, Chris Warren. He didn't want to make a position change, and he hated it, right. and it didn't work out for him. Um, and that's not to throw him under the bus, but it is to prove that like I, like I asked Roshan Johnson, you just want to play. These guys just want to play, and mm-hmm. I I wonder does it true? Do we see these? Does it truly speak to how these guys are bought in with the culture, you know, and how they just want to win? And this this it truly is a sign of this, where this program is headed. Well, I think it is a selfless team, and I do think they want to get on the field. I remember in August when we talked about, you know. There are a lot of athletes on this team, but who are the playmakers? Right. And I think now we're starting to see that. Devin Duvernay clearly has separated himself as one of the best receivers in the country. Uh, Brennan Eagles has been a good deep threat. Deshaun Jameson, you know, uh, athletic ability like crazy. And now they're starting to get a lot more confidence. So the more players you have that can make plays, the less reliant you are on two or three. And then if they have a bad team, you might lose. So, you know, I like the athleticism. I like the versatility. I like the growing confidence. And and this was a big step for this Texas team. Going, going off that, I just got to get my shout-out in here. John Bird had a touchdown today. <laughs> Malcolm Epps had a touchdown today. For the for those who don't know, Danny is the president, CEO, vice president, and treasurer of the John Burt fan club. That's right. And now, you know, offensively, they have eight guys that have scored a t- caught a touchdown pass this year. Right. That's um, they only had seven last year, and you know who the big three were. So, right. you know, they've um, diversified their offense a little bit. And you know, Colin Johnson didn't play today for the third straight game, and their offense was able to survive. It wasn't spectacular the passing game but they were able to survive so they've found some playmakers people have stepped up throughout this entire season and you know they're one you know seven point loss to a good lsu team from being undefeated and having uh 
you know, a lot of people thinking about I mean, national championship hopes aren't dead yet, but you know, they people have stepped up in areas that they've needed to step up this year. Absolutely. And Kirk, let's talk about the mid season main event. Now it is time we can talk about, you know, OU. You heard the fans out there every year. They know what time it is. Texas knows what time it is. It's it's a, and you know what time it is. You know you know we can't say it here on the on this podcast. But nonetheless, though Oklahoma, you and I and Danny, I think the three of us uh, believe that uh, Oklahoma hasn't been challenged yet. I at least I don't think. I, I will say that right. speaking for myself, I don't think Oklahoma's been challenged yet. I I think that uh, the toughest challenge they will have faced this year comes next week mm-hmm. in the Cotton Bowl. I think Texas sees itself as an equal. To Oklahoma, quite frankly, uh, Oklahoma is a little higher ranked in the polls. Oklahoma does not have a loss. They did not play as challenging a schedule. I don't fault them for playing Houston and uh, UCLA. You know, Houston beat them. You know, down in Houston, and uh, UCLA is a traditional, you know, strong football program, even though it's on hard times now. So I think the fact that they split last year and that title game was up for grabs until a certain corner blitz kind of tilted it in favor tough of play, OU. Tough play, tough play. A very tough play. And uh, that's a, that's a, the thin separation between the winners of, of these two teams. And, and they struggled with Kansas a little bit. That was yeah. a game for a half until they pulled away also on the road. So I'm just looking for an absolute war, you know, next week in the Cotton Bowl. And it, it may come down to a few plays. Who's, who makes the turnover? Who makes the big play in the fourth quarter? Danny, early Texas OU thoughts. In the last, uh, what has it been, three years have all been relatively close. It's been a competitive mm-hmm. competitive game. Should be the same way this year. I expect you know the game's going to kick off at 11 and may end later than this game tonight because <laughs> as, as many points uh, will be scored next week. But you know it's it's going to be one of those. It's going to be a barometer test for both both teams. Mm-hmm. This team, whoever wins this game next week, is going to be kind of in control of their destiny heading forward as far as the college football playoff is concerned and. Um, you know, if Sam has a big game next week. That could be a Heisman, you know, conversation starter. Um, he's probably at the outside looking in, especially after this week. But you know, whoever, it's going to be a big game for both teams and both quarterbacks next year. And, and I'd like just to add, this atmosphere was hostile, and it's the first uh, time I've been in a venue where they have a beard cam and they have a contest for the best hair. So that was impressive. But they, but but Kirk, but Kirk, you know, we really should address this. I mean. Clearly, this was a rivalry game today. I mean, we saw all the shirts that had the rivalries. Texas wants to thank all those West Virginia fans for buying those shirts that have the official logo on it. I mean, come on, Kirk. How are they going to get jacked up for two rivalry games in a row? Well, it's a very collegial spirit here, and they wanted to add to Texas coffers. They know they need all the help they can get financially, so they are contributing through licensing fees to the University of Texas. And I know Chris Del Conte is pleased about that. At the same time, you know, we, we joke, but, t- you know, Tom Herman and his coaching staff have also got to be kind of pleased with how a young team handled and going into a place where they're right below, right behind, you know, the student section is right behind them. They're hearing everything about every single one of their family members and, you know, friends and all, all that stuff, and they handled it. They handled it well. You know, for whatever reason, West Virginia had this game circled on their calendar, and, uh, the, long, the Longhorns responded uh, appropriately. As they did. Texas 42, West Virginia 31. That's going to wrap it up here tonight. Uh, once again, Longhorns are now 4-1, and 2-0, and ranked number 11 in the country. We'll see how the polls shake out. Uh, 
tomorrow. But uh, look, as as the, both uh, Kirk and Danny said, it's going to be probably just an incredible uh, battle, incredible war uh, in the Cotton Bowl. Next week should be a lot of fun. But that's it from here in Morgantown tonight. I'm Brian Davis, and we will talk to you next time.